Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane and my friend Annie Kim, who is a homeschooling, non-toxic mom. So basically, it sounds like she's my soul sister. Uh, we met <laughs> through Pierre Haven, and um, actually, she was someone that I was using as a resource when I first started homeschooling my children. So I'm very excited to have this one-on-one uh, -on -one chat with her today. So welcome, Annie, into the fast lane with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's honor and, and exciting to be here. It's good to hear your voice. Yes, thank you. It's good to hear your voice and see your face because I've only seen you a couple times in person and usually there's hundreds of people around. So we've never actually been able to sit down and chat, but I am a huge fan of uh, what you post on Facebook. So I get to follow your life with that. So first of all, how long have you homeschooled? Well, we are just entering my, my oldest daughter is entering ninth grade and we have homeschooled ever since she was probably more like preschool age. I started so, but officially this is our 10th year of homeschooling. Um, before that, I decided I didn't really need to send her off to preschool. So we kind of just did a few little things in her, um, you know, preschool years too. So, so then were you homeschooled or was your husband homeschooled at all? No, uh, neither of us were homeschooled aside from, I was homeschooled one year. So I guess I can, can say that we had one year where my family was moving. And so my parents decided rather than me being in two different schools to just have us be homeschooled for that year. But otherwise I went through public school myself and so did my husband. So how did you decide to homeschool for your family? I think this is a legit question because mm -hmm. everyone has their own reason. And I always enjoy hearing the reason. And everyone who's listened to this before knows that I used to think homeschool people were super weird because <laughs> they weren't socialized as much, maybe, or I really, but to be honest, I really didn't know a lot of homeschool people. So really, maybe it just was because it was different because a lot of times when people do something that isn't the norm it seems weird, right? Right. Yeah. And until you learn more about it, you think it's weird because that's not what you're used to. Um, yeah. Well, actually, it was the one year that I was homeschooled way back <laughs> without going into details of how many years ago that was. It was my third grade year. And my mom really was kind of out on a limb doing it alone. And she didn't like that because it was kind of uh, less common and weird, weirder back then. But when I was ready to um, think about homeschooling, really, my main reason was very selfish. I didn't want to let go of my daughter. <laughs> I wanted to keep her home with me. I wanted to have as much time with her as I could. And I just could not see myself getting up every morning and putting her on a bus to go away, to be away from me all day, every day. And so I thought, well, I can do this. I'm home with her. I have the ability to be here. Um, I have the interest and the, um, I don't know, just the God-given um, right and the ability to have my daughter and teach her and pour into her every day. So I just, it kind of stemmed from a desire to just want to be with her more. And then as we started having more children, 
I just kept thinking, well, this is working. We'll try, we'll try again the next year. And this is still working. So we'll <laughs> add in another student and add in another student. And it just kind of each year we reconsider whether it's still working for each of our children and for our family as a whole. And so far, so good. Again, this is our 10th year. So, um, and I will say back to the weird factor in the area where I am. And I think just in the world now, um, it is not as uncommon to find homeschoolers. We're hearing of it more and more. And our community where we live, it is just a vibrant group of homeschooling families. We're always supported. We're always socializing. We're always having plenty of options um, as far as activities and curriculums. So it does not feel as odd or uncommon anymore. And I will say that there has been more people around here that have homeschooled as well. And I read a statistic that said 2 million more children are homeschooled this year than last year. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So even each year it's going up and that seems significant. So now you have a daughter in high school. So how does that work? Does she do a lot of online things or how, what's your curriculum like when you get to that level? Yeah, that was well from the very beginning. That was the big question. Are you going to homeschool through high school? And at that point, I was like, I don't know. We will see. We'll see how it goes when we get there. So now all of a sudden I'm here and um, we are following our same curriculum that we had started back when she was in the first grade, which is a certain um a certain group that does go through all the way to their senior year, all the way up through 12th grade. Um, again, so far so good. She's been doing well. Um, so it, it has been a great peace of mind to me to know that this is a tried and true program Mm -hmm. and she does have a tutor one day a week. So, and then the other days I am her, you know, her tutor or her main teacher. Um, And then we have other supplemental things that she is doing online, like her math program is online, her language, we're hoping to do some online things that I don't feel as comfortable Mm -hmm. that I can um, speak to. I'm not an expert in all of these different subjects. So Mm -hmm. it is definitely helpful to have the other experts come in and help. I love it. And then how about science? Like there's, is there, cause I'm really not aware. Is there so many science hours, like with dissecting and stuff like laboratory hours she needs? Yeah, I think they have all of the same, um, credit requirements. And so this particular program that we do does go through and include science laboratory, um, science experiments, and uh, things like that. So yeah, it's definitely all encompassing. (laughs) And I know a lot of, yeah, a lot of homeschool families, if they're not already receiving those kinds of um, credit services, you know, things or classes that they need for those requirements, um, they will go find other tutors or other co-ops or communities that are helping with that. Because it is, it's hard to feel like it's all got to be on you, especially if you're not an expert in those fields. So, and, you know, thinking about going to public school, you have a different teacher for all of that, right? It's not the prairie school, one room schoolhouse anymore, where the one teacher teaches everything. Right, right. Yeah. And um, one thing that's great about this 
the homeschool flexibility is if she, my daughter in particular, really seems to be drawn more towards the arts, then she can dive into that. Whereas another student is really driven and really intrigued by all these sciences, we can dive into that. We can um, go seek out more opportunities in the areas where they are, you know, expressing their most interests. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you have to, because we're in different states, so is there any state requirements? Like, do you have to have someone come in to test them or do you have to test them yourself or how does that work? It, it really does vary by state, I think. So um, our state in particular is fairly, uh, seems fairly, they're really leaving it up to the parents and mm -hmm. the families. We do have to uh, show what curriculums we are using and have examples of some of their work. We do have to keep track of the transcripts and grades once they get into high school. Um, but otherwise, it's not a super strict, um, mm -hmm. you know, program where we're feeling very, there's not a, there's, there's oversight, but it's not too heavy handed. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, and that's nice. I had, so we tried a different math program last year for my oldest son, but apparently, and we did the fifth grade one, but I think I should have put him in the sixth grade one because he kind of went backwards a little bit. And the nice mm -hmm. thing I think is that we can go back now and we can review some of those concepts. And sometimes it's extremely painful. Like emotionally, it is painful because it, I don't understand sometimes like where the disconnect is. So like I try to be super calm and he's like, <laughs> mom, your voice is changing. And I was like, yep, because I am so animated when I talk that I try to be really monotone. So I'm not telling him the answer, you know, instead of saying, oh, how does that? Oh, that looks good. You know, so I, I do. I even notice like my voice really changes and he'll say, I don't like when you talk like this. I'm like crew, if I don't talk like this, I think I'm going to give away the answer. But my point is, I think that it's good that we can go back and do that because then we can catch him up because otherwise if there were certain things that maybe he missed, it's really going to be hard in a large group of children to sit him down and try to catch him up, right? You know, because once you get behind, it's really hard because if the whole class isn't behind, then you just need to try to catch up, you know? So yeah. I really appreciate that, that we can go back and, and do what we need to do and make sure that he's where he needs to be. Yeah, exactly. And that the, just the, the ability to differentiate between each of your children and really pour into what they need and what they want, what they're interested in and what they will best serve each of them um, is, is truly, is one of the best things about homeschooling. It's just very difficult to do that in the public setting because of mm -hmm. all the, just the high numbers of students in each of the classes. So even in a family of mine, like my size, we have five kids and people always ask me, how do you do all five at their varying levels? But I still feel that that five is going to be easier than 25 or 30 that right. are in a classroom. Right. Um, and yes, you can devote the time that you need to the certain subject areas that maybe they are um, thriving or not thriving in, <laughs> depending mm -hmm. on you know, what they need. So because that's... another thing is you can do it whenever you need to. So let's say you need Wednesday off because you have so right. much to do. Well, you know, if we get home at Wednesday at seven, well, why don't we just do a quick hour? And we've done, we've done that plenty yep. of times where, 
if you know we need to get cut up and I do have I'm told that I'm more strict than their teachers from school were because <laughs> they always have to get xyz done or they can't go to football practice or they can't do whatever and I said well you guys think about it at school if you don't have good grades at school they don't let you play so why should it be any different here right like you have mm -hmm. to have some expectation Right. There are definitely still boundaries that because it yeah. could be very easy to just do nothing or, yeah. you know, to to let things slide. But that is key. The flexibility of picking back up later when you need to or, you know, just doesn't mean you have Saturday or Sunday off if you took Tuesday and Thursday off for some other activities or uh, my high schooler is babysitting every Monday all day long earning earning money, but then that means she's going to have to make up her classwork on some of the other days. Can I have that flexibility? It sure is. Yeah. And I really like what you, I, it is crazy because I do spend a lot of time with them because they come to work with me. And so they're kind of a fixture at work. And so they get to talk to my patients and whatnot, but as sometimes stressful as it is to have two extra people there I do miss them when I'm not with them. And now thinking about not being with them for eight hours every day seems really awkward. You know, I'm sure <laughs> right, my life would be right. a lot easier if I just dropped them off and I went and did my own thing. But it'd also be, I think, kind of lonely because I'm so used to having my little shadows. Right. Yeah. And what a great experience for them to be able to see what you're doing and have real life conversations and interactions with other adults throughout the day and I think those are valuable experiences too that they wouldn't have maybe yes I, yes being able to talk to an adult is huge now we're talking about the flexibility of homeschooling mm -hmm. and you are really going to be flexible with homeschooling starting soon tell us about this adventure <laughs> yes well in all of these years of homeschooling I have always been pretty regimented about okay we're starting school around the same time as everybody else and um, even on for example yesterday was Labor Day we didn't have off we we would do uh, still do our regular Monday schoolwork um, and then yes go have a family picnic again there's that flexibility mm -hmm. but I haven't really flexed the okay we're gonna just leave and go on a big trip during the school year because I have still kept myself bound to that calendar let's get these school days in and then we'll fully enjoy our summer or whatever so uh, this year we have decided to take a big um, Jeep adventure. We are going to be traveling across the country in our Jeeps and um, going camping and just being gone out of our home for about three and a half weeks. So it should be a, a major switch in our norm and a super memorable adventure. Now, are you going to do actual school? Like what, like when you're driving, are you going to have them do some work or is this all going to be a, an adventurous learning? Cause you're going to learn a lot, like the different places you're going to be, you know, geography wise and mm -hmm. the different type of um, climates and whatever, you know, there's plenty of real world experience you're going to learn here. So how are you going to work that? That is true. I am excited to, uh, I'm personally terrible at geography. So I'm excited about the geography part of like, oh, look, we're in a different state and, you know, <laughs> traveling across. So 
Um, we will be in South Dakota at one point, not quite all the way up to, to North Dakota. But anyway, so we will have, like you said, just some natural learning experiences of, of travel, also visiting different state parks and national parks. And um, so hopefully learning some history along the way. But I do plan to bring each of my children a, a binder, like a small binder with some of their daily work like their math pages or for the younger ones some uh, phonics or handwriting or writing type exercises just mostly because we are going to have a lot of hours in the car so I figure that's something that they can do to keep themselves busy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and still have it count towards um, you know making progress in those lessons but I don't want them doing too much busy work or, or book work, mostly just being able to enjoy the, the memories and the life experience of getting out of our home state and getting to see a good part of this great country. Well, how so, far are you traveling? Cause you're starting in Michigan, correct? We're in Maryland. Oh, Maryland. Yep. Yes. Yeah. My bad. So, I don't know why yeah, I thought Michigan. So, I was going with the another M state. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Maryland. And you're going all the way to. We're going to be, I guess, farthest West again, I'm terrible geography is Utah. We're going to Utah. That's the main, the main destination cool. and then headed back um, via South Dakota and then further all the way home back home. So we're going up through Indiana, Missouri, Kansas, Colorado. We'll be camping in Colorado and off-roading there at URA Park, National Park, I think it is. And then uh, I'm not sure if it's a national park, actually. It's just a big off-roading area. And then we'll be headed over to Moab. We'll see arches Um, and canyon lands and be in the back country out in the middle of nowhere camping for um, I think altogether camping two weeks and then headed over back over to South Dakota to see the Mount Rushmore and um, Custer State Park. I remember as a child going there and seeing all the buffalo. So we'll we'll, uh, make sure my kids get to see something that I saw as a kid (laughs) and then headed back, back east through, back through Illinois and Indiana probably stay in Pennsylvania one last night before getting home. So So how many miles roughly will this be? You know, I haven't calculated how many miles it is altogether. I've been focusing on the little stints and uh, I did print out a map, just a good old fashioned map for my kids to see the roads that we'll be taking um, on each of our days of travel. And I just plan to have some other little car activities or things that um, will keep us busy and learning the whole way through. We also have as part of our curriculum, a lot of memory work that is, um, that I'll have that going. We can listen to that each day and just enjoy lots of singing and road games and (laughs) keep ourselves busy through all this, all this travel. So So do you all sit in one Jeep? No, we're going to be taking two Jeeps. My husband will drive one and I'll drive the other to be able to all fit all of our gear and all of the kids. So, okay, so you're talking is, about off-roading. Are you yeah. is so off-roading is a little stressful to me, like when it's <laughs> a drop-off, like right beside me. And we were in Moab last year, and we did some off-roading, and it was great. And there was people with jeeps. There was someone with a Ford Expedition, and we were in this 
little side-by-side. Well, Ryan called it a huge side-by-side because it had to fit all five of us, but Uh um, I was extremely stressed out. I would never, ever be able to drive on something like that. Do you drive on stuff like that? Oh, well, I'm, I am not a off-road and off-roader. My husband is all into it big time. So I, this is going to be new for me. So I, he told me that we're not going to be going on any of the super difficult trails. And if he does, that there will be bypasses that I can use. (laughs) And my kids say, mom, you're not going to do that. Those hard things. And if you do, we're going in dad's Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) So they're not really trusting me to do that too well either. So we shall see an adventure for sure that we haven't oh. ever done for, uh, I think the most my kids have been, if farthest away from home, my kids have been, has been South down to Florida, down the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, so heading West, like this is going to be epic for sure. I'm envious. I think this sounds amazing. And you are staying, you are only camping, right? When we are there, we plan to camp, but when we're doing, um, all the long days of travel and then another long day of travel to get out there, we'll just, we'll stay in hotels overnight. Oh, you will. Okay. Just one night and then drive another nine hours and then hotel drive another nine hours. It's going to be a lot to just get out there. And mm-hmm. once we're there, we'll settle in a little bit more, but do the camping for two weeks. The longest I've ever camped, I think is three nights in a row. So this will be interesting. Um, I love it. Family memory that will last (laughs) lots of pictures, lots of journaling. And, uh, yeah, I I do hope that it'll just be an organic, uh, memorable, but still learning experience for the kids. And I always say with homeschool, everything counts. So we'll be counting it for sure. (laughs) It does count. And like, even at lunch, we come home and I make them make their own lunch because I think that's important. I think that's a skill that sometimes goes by the wayside. Right. And so sometimes they make my lunch and sometimes they don't, but um, they have to come up with what they're going to do. And then they have to clean the kitchen and whatever. And some people I know think that's a little much for a nine and 11 year old. And I said, well, you know, someday I won't live with them and they're going to need to be responsible for their things. That's our job. I mean, as, as hard as it is, and I'm going to need someone to hold my hand when the time comes when they start to move out, but that is our job to make good people, right? So they're going to be good members of society. And so they had a list of stuff that they had to do today. Crew goes, you have another (laughs) podcast? I said, yeah. So you guys are on your own. Here's what needs, here's what you need to do and they'll get it done. And for whatever reason, I am always very proud when they do that. Or like now we've been canning and processing and that's stuff that they're going to be able to do when they're adults, right? So we're learning wow. why we have to blanch it or, you know, I mean, I, it is, everything is such a learning experience. And that's why I'm such a uh, strict person when it comes to TV and the switch. And, you know, there's a time and a place where maybe you just need to veg out, but there's so many other things that we could be doing. That's true. Yeah. And I think you saying that is, is admirable. And it's a good reminder because a lot of times we think, oh, they're just kids. And I, I do have to balance that for sure. I don't want them to always be work, 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 work. And I just, I do want to let them be kids, but it is also our job as moms or dads to help them grow into productive members of society that can care for their daily tasks and their daily needs. And 
And these are the precious few years that we have to help them with that. So it's a, it's a hard balance mm-hmm. to figure out. Um, we didn't even touch on Pure Haven because that's a whole nother non-toxic situation. Mm-hmm. So in <laughs> respect of your time, what is uh, something you would say to someone who would be thinking about homeschooling, but not, I hear this a lot. I could never do it. You know, mm-hmm. people say they can never do it. I think I maybe said that at one time, but I, maybe I didn't because I remember sending crew to kindergarten and I said, now, if you don't like it, I can always homeschool you. I remember Aww. saying that. And then yeah. COVID came and there were so many restrictions. And I was like, well, maybe let's not go back because it doesn't seem like you get to be kids, right? Because there were so many rules. Yeah. And so we just have never gone back after that. But if someone is thinking, ah, I don't, you know, they're so on the fence. What would you say to them about homeschooling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that time and time again, of people who had originally said, I could never do what you're doing, or I don't know how you do it, or how do you have the time, or really questioning whether that's something they feel they could do. And I guess my biggest thing that I would say in response is, is really just to ask what about it makes you feel that you could not do it? And I think what it comes down to is just a misconception of how much time it takes and whether the parent is qualified to do that. Because when we've grown up in a public school system, we see all of these professionals who have gone to school and received degrees in education. And so we think, oh, I don't, I, I don't have that qualification to teach my child. I, do, I did have an education degree, but it doesn't matter. Even if you don't have an education degree, I still firmly believe that as your child's parent, you are the premium utmost candidate to care and bring up, you know, care for and bring up your child better than anyone else on the planet. You are the one who has the most qualification. You love your child the most, probably. <laughs> um, you, um, you care deeply for his or her uh, future and you know your child better than anyone else. You know what he is um, capable of. You know what he loves the most, what he's passionate about. And so you, uh, you're just like the most intimately and intricately connected to your child. And that equals, you know, that means that you are the most capable to care for and educate and bring up your child. So um, I think that hesitation that a lot of people have might stem from the, the feeling of inadequacy that you, you you don't have what it takes. But I, I firmly believe that as that child's parent, you do <laughs> have what it takes. Um, so that's just the bare bones of it. And I know a lot of it, a lot of other hesitations or objections. Um, but that's, that's my main thing that I would encourage you to think about if you're feeling hesitant. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback. So ratings and reviews are appreciated.